The painting that really speaks to me is by Coyer, a renowned, brilliant Danish artist that actually spent the better part of his life in Skagen, the very tip of Denmark, in the late 18 to early 1900s. The ocean this very day means everything for me, wherever I am, whether it is uh, in Denmark, I jump in the big waves, the bigger, the better. And I always say also my philosophy of life is I love to jump down deep because I know I'm always going to reach the surface. Here they are, these little boys in blue, blue colors, different shades of blue, blue being my favorite color. But it really reminds me of me and my love affair with jumping into the ocean as a little kid. The ocean in Denmark is never really warm, but when you're a kid, just the freedom of floating there underwater and learning to swim felt magical. And we often did it naked when we were very tiny because us Danes are very free-spirited. My name is Tina Jönk Christensen and I'm the host of Danish Originals, a podcast series created in partnership with the National Gallery of Denmark and the American Friends of the National Gallery of Denmark. Our goal is to celebrate Danish creatives who've made a significant mark in the US. Today our guest is Ole Henriksen, the skincare guru behind the Ole Henriksen skincare brand. And Ole, you have the honor of being our first guest and the first on the top of our list. Welcome, Ole. Tina, it's a big, big honor sitting here across from you, glowing in this beautiful, colorful dress. And let's face it, that museum in Denmark is our pride and joy, representing some of the finest art in the world, not just the Danish art. Ole, for full transparency's sake, I want to let the listeners know that you and I are very close friends. We have been writing partners on a motivational book about success, and we're now writing yet another one on gratitude. So if the questions sometimes seem rather intimate, this is the explanation. Olive, we're at your home in Los Angeles. Um, can you describe the location for the listeners so that they get an idea of where we are at the moment? We are on top of the world. Lawrence and I live on the 27th floor in this amazing building on the Wilshire Corridor. And the views are spectacular. From up above, you look down at nothing but greenery, the city life. You look at Malibu, the beaches, that is, the J. Paul Getty Museum, one of my most favorite here in L.A. And it's sort of like you feel safe, which is a great feeling in L.A. The violence in the USA is not exactly desirable these days. And that was really the reason we sold our beautiful house of 22 years. But now we're in a setting of great sleek furniture, a lot of beautiful art that we are going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And your husband, all of many, many years, Lawrence Roberts, is an interior designer and he's created this home for you. What is important for you in your home environment and what makes you feel at home? What is a homey feeling for you? Well, it's all about the comfort zone furniture you can lounge in, colors on the walls, beautiful art that speaks to you, that you rediscover every day you admire them. It's the light streaming in, a bright home. To me, a bright home is a happy home. And uh, for Lawrence myself, uh, he is an interior designer, so that means he has very definitive taste level. But I will say one thing is the two of us do it as a couple. So Setting up this new home has been a labor of love. It's a whole new look. It's more modern. 
It's more simple. And, you know, us Scandinavians love less is more. But functionality means a lot to us. And I feel this home is functional. And when I exercise, I don't just exercise in my office on my rings. I dance through this entire apartment like a crazy man. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have a lot of art on your walls here. How do you select art and what does art mean to you? Well, Lawrence and I love to shop for art all around the globe when we travel. Uh, for us, it's that intimate relationship with the art that I feel every day you look at our walls, you discover something new from each piece. Colors mean a lot. Colors for us is about feeling happy, feeling good, like your great dress today that looks amazing. But a sweet example was years ago while working in London, Lawrence was along. And he found a gallery close to our hotel and he said, Ola, there's a painting you have to see. And I go down and there is a Damien Hirst. And I immediately fell in love with it. Uh, I mean, the beautiful colors, the butterflies incorporated into the painting that this man, this brilliant artist is famous for. But I said, Lawrence, it's, it's quite expensive. But in the end, we purchased it And uh, it hung in our house for years above the fireplace, and now, of course, it's here. But I remember the very first piece we bought when we met nearly 39 years ago. We were in Chicago for Thanksgiving and visiting Lawrence's parents. And we were out late at night, and we looked through the window at a gallery, and there was a painting that spoke to us again. Really, it was sort of eerie, uh, ghost-like, but then the colors that sort of surrounded this ghost, we thought, we've got to get this painting. And that was actually the first we purchased that now hangs in our bedroom. So there is a diversity uh, in our house. Uh, we love the California artist. Uh, Ed Moses is one, again, exemplifying colors and, and happiness. And then I love, of course, the artist that lived in Skagen way back, I mean, I think that shows Danish artistry at its finest level. And I feel when you look at these artist work like Koya that I love very much, you dwell into the history of Skane at that time. I mean, how these artists lived. And years ago, we rented a home right next to Anna Anger's home. And it was sort of like, wow, we are neighbors to Anna Anger. And of course, that's where the museum is. So art means a lot. And I think everyone should collect art whether it was uh, my first poster art uh, back in Denmark as a young kid. Then over the years, you build a collection. It becomes part of your journey through life. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ole. And you have been away from Denmark for many, many years. You were in Indonesia and the UK for a short time in your life. But Los Angeles is the place that you made into your permanent home. Tell us shortly what brought you here and what makes you feel so at home here. Well... As a little kid, I was just totally fascinated by the movies. So when I sat there in the biographen, as one would say, the cinema in Niebe in my little village, I was taken away on this amazing journey into the big world. And of course, for Hollywood exemplified really the beginning of the movie industry. So I read a lot of books about it. And then suddenly one day I arrived here and uh, it was magic. 
because I, of course, had been educated in London in cosmetic chemistry, face and body work, all the things that helps women and men look and feel their best. And I arrived thinking, well, I'm going to get a job easily. And I remember having an interview with the Grand Dame in beauty at the time, Aida Gray, and she was very serious and said, so young man, tell me so, how would you treat acne? And I described it, of course, in great detail with the equipment and all. She said, you're very bright, but we can't have you around naked women. And I thought, in Denmark, we are free-spirited with nudity. Uh, I mean, I remember when my mom would uh, jump in, uh, uh, into us, uh, get into her bikini on the beach, and she would say, look at these boobs. You boys suck the life out of them when I <laughs> breastfed you. So uh, nudity for us is something that comes natural. But I also believe when Aida Gray and others said, no, we can't hire you as a man, I had such a passion for my profession that I decided to open up what was called in those days Ola Henriksen of Denmark Skincare Center in Beverly Hills on a shoestring budget. And I think it's a reminder for our listeners, especially the young ones that are paving out careers for themselves, that you should never, ever let rejection stop you in your track because that's part of life. If you have a passion, if you really want to succeed within that, let's say, profession or anything in life, do it. And uh, and life is a roller coaster ride for all of us, regardless. So I opened up, became known as the skincare guru to the stars. And that was also because I was all about innovative treatments, but also customizing them and helping make every woman and man their own best skincare expert. So when Barbara Streisand knocked on the door, Diana Ross did a share as I Stallone. They got this amazing treatment, customized, but everyone till this very day at the Ola Spa gets the star treatment. I never differentiated between if it was someone famous versus a nurse from Cedar sinai Hospital because everyone in my book is a VIP and a star. The Ola Henriksen brand, which the luxury conglomerate LVMH bought a few years ago, but which you still work for, has celebrated its 40th year on the market. Looking back, what were the highlights and why do you think it was such a big success that it's actually still around today and going strong? Ooh, I mean, I can tell you, it has been a journey of continued adventure. I think when you have the pleasure of creating your own brand, you put your own stamp, your own DNA on it. When I create products, having studied cosmetic chemistry, both in London at UCLA University, It's two-faced. It's about incorporating the calmative, the soothing, the comforting botanicals to literally make love to your skin. And with that, the great hydration, the calmative benefits you get. And then, as I say, I kick ass with the renewing powers of the HAs, the alpha-hydroxy acid, the polyhydroxy acids. And that means that you stimulate the cell turnover rate on a deeper level and you help rebuild new collagen for firmer skin. So I've always been a daredevil there with that balance because I want to deliver results, transformative results. I want every woman and man to just caress themselves in the bathroom, relax into the moment, activate the products, look in the mirror, smile to themselves. And I'm very much focused on the Ula Glow. The Ula Glow 
It's a celebration of you, the person, a woman and man that feels good about life themselves, can express all parts of their personality, the wild and crazy, the serious, all of that. You've got to love yourself. That's the foundation. And then with the topical, that skin that glows like sunshine, because life is an amazing gift. And we know, Tina, you and I, having written again, this gefühl has got it's got to feel good put the heart into the journey towards success. Everything is what you choose for yourself, your attitude on a daily basis. You not alone embracing yourself and loving yourself, but sharing that with your fellow human beings. And that's sort of what I message with the products. So here we are. I've been married to LVMH for 13 years. They have allowed the brand to maintain its DNA. It was very much key that I stay on as the founder, but I'm surrounded by the most Brilliant women and men around the globe. And what I love now as the 72-year-old, I'm the old granddaddy, I can now praise and love and applaud them because everything in life is a collaborative effort. And you know that when we write books like we are now writing the book on gratitude, I'm grateful for us as friends. I'm grateful that I have you by my side. And that joy of giving and taking, it's worth its price in gold. True. Thinking back all on your first years of entrepreneurship, when when you were just driving around Los Angeles on your bike, making the products in your kitchen for the Orihenrichsen Spa, what was that like? And what do you think made your business such a fast-growing success? What was the recipe? There really are many recipes, if one can say. There's no doubt that In the treatment room, it was that I was able to, again, elevate skin to the best it could be when some of these famous stars came in with troublesome skin, Uh, whether it was the Charlize Tehran's of the world, the Katy Perry's or Madonna. So that was a key because then word travel. But then it's also very important, even way back then, to be savvy at getting the message out to a broader audience, working with the media, And I was very blessed that Henry Jaffe, the producer of the Dinosaur Show way back, there was a mega talk show, he said, Ula, I want you on the show. So already within that first year, I was invited to be on the Dinosaur National Show that led to Mike Douglas and other talk shows and ultimately to the uh, Oprah Show. That, of course, meant a lot, but also shared with the media nonstop all the printed media that you have been part of successfully, uh, Tina, all the years, whether it was Vogue, Allure, or whoever, I sent them out press releases on what I had, a new treatment I had developed, uh, a new uh, product I was in the process of creating. And then I wrote newsletters four times a year that was about helping inspire the fan base for the products around America as the products began selling. And then I also had a column in there called Stargazing, Because with the stargazing, it was also the fun of, wow, so Sly Stallone. So what Sly was up to as far as a movie, but also sharing with them that Sly taught me exercises in the room prior to each treatment. Because like Sly said, Uli, you're such a little guy. You've got to have a strong, strong body to work on mine. And of course, as far as the product, that is really the business now. You know, we are in the spa business, of course. But those products have to deliver on all fronts because you cannot build a long-term solid base. And uh, so 
It's just been an amazing adventure. And as I often say, I, I get these farts on the brain. It's like champagne bubbles. And farts on the brains don't smell. So, But it's that creativeness that I can't let go of. It's a love affair with life. It's a love affair with people. And it's wanting to make every woman and man look their best. <laughs> LVMH kept your name, Ole, Ole Henriksen, and the Danish-inspired looks um, in terms of the products branding. Did anyone ever suggest to change it? And is it important for you that it stays that way, the Danish sort of aesthetics and your name? I am such a proud Dane. Denmark has inspired so much in my life. The values we have and live by in Denmark, in a democracy that's one of the best in the world, is about equality. It's about giving everyone a great start in life, free education, free medical. Uh, it's also, for me, about the less is more. Scandinavian and women and men have a sense of that you don't have to overwhelm your life. And you also have the balance of working hard and focused and recharging your batteries, relaxing. So the Scandinavian natural beauty of the women and men is something that inspired me because uh, it's not about covering up, it's about exposing you, the natural beauty, and being proud of who you are. So I incorporate loads of Scandinavian ingredients, Lincoln berries, elderberries, cloud berries, rowan berry, you name it. I also uh, share in the wellness model of Scandinavia. We've had many Ole Glow camps in Scandinavia, the last one this spring. We have a winter bait, like our stains are Vikings, you know, and I often say women get tight boobs and us guys between the legs, it all vanishes into no man's land. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, we do the winter bathing. So there's so much that's admired by the world that uh, is Scandinavian. The culinary aspect has gained great notoriety now. We are a beautiful country, a small but amazing country. So I'm sort of taking Denmark into the world. And because, I mean, so much of that is really global. So uh, for me, I have one foot in Denmark, where we have an apartment launched myself in Copenhagen, and one foot in the door here in Los Angeles. And then I travel the globe nonstop for the brand. And that, of course, it's a lot of fun because when I'm out there, Uh, motivating and inspiring. It's not just me talking. I want to hear from the people in the audience or the people that rep the brand. I listen, I take notes so I can sing their praises while also teaching and inspiring. Valtina, what do you like most about yourself? That's my question to you today. Oh my God, Oli, you're putting me on the spot. That is terrible. <laughs> no, you are a bright woman and you are on top of your game. I actually, I mean, you're putting me on the spot, Ole. I, I don't know. I think I want the best for everybody around me, that I, I try to be kind and empathetic and do good in the world and and always want to, you know, yeah, be pleasant to the people around me. But I think that's one of my... Strong points. No, but you know what? That's beautiful. No, because you do. And, you know, in sharing in your love and wanting to just give of yourself. And I can say as a partner working with you, not alone do I admire how focused you are on all the little details and how you challenge me to deliver my best. I love that, being put on the spot by a brilliant woman like you. And I think that's a great gift in life, continuously what we can give each other and always be curious, always wanting to learn new things, never holding back, saying you can't, I won't, I've been there. Because I mean, then you stop. And our brain stops working because we know you signal, as we know with gratitude, gratitude is 
a choice, you find a positive, you say, wow, I'm going to keep a gratitude journal and put down what I love in my daily life, short little things, and suddenly you're reminded, well, I did love that morning cup of coffee. I love that movie I saw last night on Netflix, whatever it may be. So, uh, I mean, all I can say is I'm honored to have you as a friend. Thank you, Ole, likewise, obviously. And you are a guy from Jutland, Wiebe, a tiny little city in Jutland, and now you're in the world of Hollywood and celebrity culture. What do you think made you and LA such a great fit business-wise? I mean, you were among, you mentioned Sly, you mentioned Barbara Streisand, and you just, you know, clicked with these people. Why? Well, I mean, really, uh, my love affair, of course, with Hollywood uh, being based on, among others, the movie industry, where you, we are surrounded by these stars all over, uh, including at the spa. I often say that that would be a cocktail party without the cocktails, but where there you are with the Mark Wahlberg, Hugh Jackman, Daniel Craig, David Bowie, Iman, whoever. But they're also only people. I mean, not only, we are all special people. The climate, I love it. I love the fact you can jump in the ocean. I love the fact you go bicycling. I love that you can sit at a cafe in December on the terrace having a great meal. Uh, there's a spirit, there's a creative energy in the air here. And people are very approachable. So it's not necessarily, oh, well, I'm so-and-so. People back each other up. They all say, well, I know so-and-so. Like Henry Jaffe did with the Diner Show. All the years that camaraderie has been exemplatory. And uh, and then, yes, taking a no-star behind the scenes uh, with the celebrities, of course, it's interesting. But I've never actually aimed to seek them out as friends. Um, if I get invited to premieres, as I have, and as you have invited me, it's an honor. But uh, I never... Those were clients. They sought me out as a professional. But it's a great place to live. I mean, Lawrence and myself, when we look up every morning over the balcony into this amazing city. We feel really grateful and very excited. Would you say that there's something particularly Danish about the way that you do business, Ole? Absolutely. I am a man of my word. I am very disciplined. I think Danes work shorter work hours per week, but they work very hard, very focused. I'm also a man that operates a company European style, So that was a very unique, even in the spa world when I started out way back in 1975 with my first spa in Beverly Hills, I gave 50% to all the employees with your service and I gave 10% for product sales. And later on as the business grew and now is again continuously run European style, we have profit sharing in the sense that uh, you, of course, you get your annual bonuses based on performance. We have a 401k plan, so if you want to put $500 a month into that plan, we match it. When a woman is pregnant, she goes on maternity leave with full pay for six months. We have free medical. We even have dental, so I can maintain my Hollywood smile and my Hollywood teeth. Sustainability, the way we operate with materials that are 100% biodegradable, ingredients that are safe for our world. We have to take such an interest today more than ever in rebuilding our world because of global warming, because things are sliding down. Greenland is melting, that gorgeous island. Antarctica is suffering. So as a Dane, 
I'm also coming from Jutland. I come from blue collar working class family, where there was that notion that uh, famous thing of Yandelon, which is a law in Denmark for you people speaking English, where don't think you are anything special, and you sort of like you like don't think you are anything special. And I never believed in that bullshit. We are all special, and uh, we should all fulfill our dreams. And uh, for me, I can say that my respect for the working class people is as strong today as ever. So that's also why I'm kind and loving to everyone and take time to my fellow human beings. Something we did in Jutland and something we are good at in, in Denmark. And not to say Americans don't, because they do as well. But yeah, so I'm, I'm a proud Dane. Maybe describe a little bit uh, Niebe, where you're from, and do you ever sort of looking back on your childhood, pinch yourself and go, oh my God, I've made it this far, and what happened, Ole? Do you ever think that? Yeah, I, I love the fact you bring it up, and then I'll definitely tell you a bit about Niebe, because I think what's what's so important, when we wrote the book about success, that was a bestseller, as we both know, and are grateful for in Denmark, We wanted the reader to take note of every step of success in their life. Whether it was, you know, as a kid when mom and dad praise you when you can walk and run. Whether it's when you start in school and get wonderful grades. Whether it's in sports, in everything. You've got to say, not alone do you hope that your loved ones recognize it, but that you also need to pat yourself on the back. Because so many young people today lack self-esteem, self-worth, when they should embrace and be proud of who they are. And so for me, I would say I pinch myself all the time. I am so grateful. I take nothing for granted. I cannot believe my life, but I embrace it. And Neva was indeed an amazing village because I grew up blue-collar working-class family, as I just stated. Mom was 18 when she became pregnant, uh, with me, that is. Uh, we shared the toilet with the neighbor. I got washed on the kitchen table. My mom would sing for me. Uh, I had my local circus in the uh, uh, back of the little apartment with my cousin Hannah. I played the guitar and banjo. I did the acrobatics. We did all sorts of stuff. And so I guess I did the, the circus thing because I've always been a bit of an acrobat, which I am this very day. But it was also to make money. So I was always a businessman. And even extra money when Hanny, my cousin, would come out and sell the little boys and girls. Now, Ole will perform a special number. If you give just a little extra, whatever that was, in or February or five, whatever, then he's going to perform. Then I come out and do striptease. So I was covered in blankets and shit. And then I show my little wiener at the end. That's the grand finale. And then we had extra money to buy candy. And then later on, I would, of course, become the local milk boy. I got up at 5.30 in the morning. I was 10 years old, a little, little guy, heavy milk bottles. But I did it because I need to help support. No, they didn't tell me to do it. But what you learn there is that when you move your body, the endorphins that run through your body, through your little brain, the energy you get, and the value of making money and sharing with others. You can spoil people with money and I could buy my favorite books at the bookstore in Niebe, Hyholz. He guided me with books. I loved reading Russian literature. I loved reading biographies. So Niebe was a place where we took time to, for each other. I'm in Niebe a lot because I visit family. Uh, my mom is still alive at 91, a very funny woman. 
And that part never leaves us, uh, nor should it. But I am indeed much more of a man of the world, uh, and, and I'm grateful that I operate on that level today. And today you are very famous in Denmark, and you're known as the very positive person who always smiles. Um, but there's no doubt, I know this from you, Ole, that there's been many low moments in your life. You told me that you were close to suicide when you were a boy because of feeling like an outsider and being a young gay man. And later on, you were in an abusive relationship with a man who, let's be honest, almost killed you. How have you managed to overcome these difficult times and continue to be motivated and follow the right path and still smile, Olin? Well, as a little boy, or should I say a teenager, when with puberty suddenly you discover your sexuality and, and suddenly are mobbed, the boys, not all boys, but some of the ones that I often found actually came from broken homes maybe kids that didn't feel good about themselves, would name-call me and chase me and try to hit me. I, uh, of course, it was bothersome at times. I would cry and feel sorry for the little Ola and take walks along the fjord by my village and, and cry. But I also had all these other outside interests. So as I still would go dancing at Skalpaljong, at this dance hall in the woods uh, with the girls, loving to dance as I did, I would look at the boys and uh, sort of be attracted to them. I kept busy. I, I partook in uh, essay competitions. I won a number of big ones. I created collages. I was in my own little world, and I did feel lonely. But then I got enriched in a different way because we didn't go on vacations. We didn't have the money to go to Italy. We didn't have a car. So I learned that the little things and what you create can be incredibly gratifying and give you great joy. And yet, when I moved to Copenhagen as an 18-year-old, it was like a huge relief. I was in a sophisticated world of theater, of the ballet, and of gay nightclubs. And of course, I mean, it's amazing what you can do when you're very young. I mean, you can be out there having sex nonstop, drinking too much, still working hard. You managed to do it all. You can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're known in Denmark as Mr. Positive. People think that you smile all the time and approach life in a lighthearted and positive manner. Is this the full picture of who you are? Or is, some, or is there something that people don't know about you? No, I definitely have no secrets as far as my love affair with life and with people. Uh, for one, the uh, I guess I've just always looked out there and said, wow, every morning, uh, embracing every day like a new special start and life as a gift. My dad was very much that man. And for that sake, my mom as well. But my dad was like shining sunshine. So I always, I'll analyze. If I feel a little off, I'll sort of say why, but I'm never down in the dumps. Lawrence and myself have so much fun. One of the great things in our long-term relationship is the humor the laughter, and that is a key, I think, for many of us to keep that alive. And then the fact, I guess, I get to share in positivityness because this is what I want to bring out so that everyone can look and feel their best. And my charity work uh, with uh, Headspace in Denmark, Paul Nygaard Rasmussen, our former prime minister, is all for these young people that lack that self-esteem, that lack direction in life, 
giving them a chance to get the guidance at the centers we have in Denmark. And they turn around, they see the light, if you will, and then they actually often become consultants and help other young people. And even with children in India, my very big project there with Galensburn, the, the kids living on the street, we build schools, daycare centers, uh, we feed meals to them, thousands of them. I mean, it's an amazing organization, uh, Pia Christ established 11 years ago. So, so it's also this thing of reaching out that matters a lot. So I just feel here I am more happy, more grateful, more excited about life than ever. And I guess what I've learned now when I did the series on the brain there years ago uh, with Ole Junker for TV and later on the book, what we learned is you become your thoughts. It's your choice in life, and but the brain will register your thoughts. So when you think positive and happy and celebratory, the brain will reward you. If you sit as a slouch and tired, well, then you're going to be more and more tired. So as I said, my mom stuck an ever-ready battery up my ass when I was born, and it's still vibrating, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Well, did you ever get tired of being Ole Henriksen? You, you know, you have this certain image that you have to live up to. You cannot ever be grumpy in public. I mean, is it ever like, damn, I just wish I was, you know, <laughs> somebody else? <laughs> It's a huge honor. Uh, in the U.S., I certainly have a following uh, within the world of beauty and in the stores. And really, when I did a lot of TV, it was always an honor. And at big events in the beauty world, when they all wanted to do photos with me, I'm deeply touched, and I'm always available. And in Denmark, of course, even more so where the young kids run up, uh, want to do photos. Wherever I am, people come up and express that they have learned from me, that I help transform things in their life. Uh, and that is just a huge honor. So I don't ever have to put on an act because I am me, And I'm just a happy me. And that feeling, of course, well, I, I couldn't think of being any other way. Like You can get a little tired late at night, but even then, then a good night's sleep repairs you. And I, I pray every night. I express my, I pray, dear God, dear masters, dear higher powers up in the universe. I want to say thank you for yet another beautiful day. I'll chat a little bit about what that day uh, incorporated. And then I will also pray for peace, love, and unity in our world and for all my fellow human beings around the globe. And yet we know peace, well, it's never really been achieved throughout history, but you should never give up on it. And uh, so I'm the luckiest man in the world. How would you define this part of you, the Danish part of Ole Henriksen? Well, I actually think I'm more Danish than ever, strangely enough. And that began with the apartment in Copenhagen because I spent a lot more time in Copenhagen, Lawrence and myself, and uh, there's a whole different world. But the Danish part I've also taken with me out on the global scene. Us Danes are really great at celebrating. We don't just do it low-key. It's the singing. It is the speeches. It is the dancing. It's by that wow effect that's so incredible. I just attended Paul Nygaard Brasmussen's birthday, his 80th, and that was an all-day celebration that just was beautiful, right from the heart, And uh, 
Then, of course, I think our stains are very much always on time. Something that is not always the case on the global scene, and then we often know that people that are famous are very, very late. They think that that's just the norm. I'm on time for everything. I'm always 10 steps ahead of myself, as a matter of fact, because I know if I arrive early for an event, a meeting, or whatever it may be, I can relax. So that way you don't walk in stressed and then you know come up with stories that are not true while you're late. So, and Danes are really amazing that way. I applaud my fellow Danes for being timely and always very well prepared. What is your favorite Danish word? And please spell it to our American listeners so they can look it up if they want to. I would say the word tak, T-A-K, but there's an extension, taknemli, again, gratitude in English. Then you say T-A-K-N-E-M-E-L-I-G. Because tak, I mean, you also mean it from the heart. But there's so much more depth and volume and beauty to taknemli, gratitude that is. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think it's so important for us to be grateful for everything. Mom and dad that gave us life. Our friends that matters to us, our family. When Hans Henrik and I talked today, when he went to fly back to Denmark, my younger brother, we cried, and I cry actually very easily. So as much as I laugh and I'm wild and crazy, I cry and it feels good. But gratitude is actually my most favorite word. Tagnemli, tagnemli, tagnemli. Fantastic, Ole. You're doing a bit of PR for our book too. But but the reason we're doing the book is, first and foremost, because we wanted to share with our fellow Danes the magic of living with gratitude and what the transformative powers of it, because we all have it, but sometimes we need to be reminded and then incorporate a bit more. Uh, Denmark is rated, you know, either number one or two as the happiest group of people in the best country to live. What can I say? You became an American citizen at a time when you could not have dual citizenship and you had to give up your Danish citizenship for a while. How did that make you feel? You were basically only American for a while there. That was hard because what happened was our CPA, now that Lawrence myself also got married many years ago, said that as far as inheritance, should I die before him, chances are I will being older, that... Uh, there would be a higher tax put on loans from the get-go. But as an American citizen married, there would be that gap that he didn't have to pay taxes on. So, of course, I did it for the in the, in the name of love for loans. And, uh, and yes, saying goodbye to my passport was tough. But I got to say, the American passports are much more beautiful. They're very glamorous. The American passports on the inside pages have all the beautiful American monuments. Uh, your photo looks greater. You can actually semi-smile. The Danish ones, you have to do an ankle and you have to look very serious. I sort of look like Hans Christian Andersen in mine. But uh, then the good news were, of course, when dual citizenship became a possibility, well, I ran <laughs> to get it. And now it's great to have both. And you mentioned also before that you bought an apartment in Copenhagen a few years ago. How was it reconnecting with your roots in this way, actually having a home base in the in Copenhagen now? Well, it was actually Lawrence's idea 
because we were back for the premiere of uh, I Love It in concert, the musical about my life. Again, 21 songs that connected my life uh, that premiered at Musikkenshus in Aalborg with the symphony orchestra every night, 58 man. An amazing, huge honor. And I'm best friends, of course, with the creators this very day. But with that stated, we are back in Copenhagen. And Lauren said, you know, Ole, I love Denmark. And why don't we buy an apartment? And I said, let's do it. So we had, this was on a Thursday, and uh, we found a wheel that same day in the afternoon. And then Friday, he took us out to look at a number of properties. And then at the end of the day, he said, there's something that's not going to be on the internet yet that I can take you to on St. Anaplas that I think you like. And that actually became ultimately our apartment. These were office floors uh, owned by Excel, a venture capital group in Denmark that put them up for sale. And uh, I moved very fast. I mean, launched myself. So uh, I wired the money in that Monday from the USA. We flew back that Sunday, landed the same day. And then we just had to get the permit from the city of Copenhagen to convert it into a residential property. That happened fast. Bought the apartment, and then again, or offices as they were, then the demolition process took place, and we converted into this beautiful two-level apartment, and it felt unbelievable. Also seeing Lawrence blossom, and we have so many amazing friends in Denmark. So the apartment really, I mean, there's no doubt that connected Lawrence and myself to Denmark in a whole new way. We have celebrated Christmas Day with family, dinner parties. Uh, we walked down by the waterfront. The guard goes by every day playing music. Uh, the children's playground is right out there in the middle of the uh, avenue. It is sensational. You can go to Tivoli. I love all the wild rides there. I was just in Tivoli again recently where all the adults didn't want to do it. So I was doing it with all the little kids screaming uh, like a, a little crazy kid. Copenhagen is an intimate, elegant, sophisticated city. Culturally offers the best, architecturally magnificent. And the canals that run through the city are breathtaking. And all the bicyclists, I mean, where in the world do you see more bicyclists? There, maybe China, but surely it's, it's spectacular. And the values we live by and the way we share in the wealth is beautiful. You get Something for your tax money, for sure. <laughs> you mentioned honor. You've received quite a few awards and honors in Denmark. What does what does that mean to you? Well, every award I am blown away by. I am over the moon, ecstatic. I take none of them for granted. Sometimes awards have been handed out unbeknownst, where I was in an audience. Uh, and then I love being put on the spot, because I think actually when you speak from the heart and in the moment, uh, it's it's much more natural and fun. And only um, you mentioned Lawrence several times. Um, he's American. He does have a bit of Norwegian heritage. So, what is it like being married to an American? Are there cultural clashes, or is that smooth sailing? It's absolutely smooth sailing. When we met, actually three different people wanted to introduce us. Those were 
clients of mine, but also clients of Lawrence when he was a hairdresser before he became an interior designer. And uh, none of it happened until I ran into his then boss at the car wash. Uh, and his boss had the hearts for Lawrence, but Lawrence had said, we are friends, but I'm not interested. So he thought, well, maybe, he said, how's your love life? And he said, oh, my, my love life stinks, I said. He said, well, you got to meet Lawrence. And uh, immediately we came to discover his positiveness, his uh, sense of humor, his uh, creative juices, uh, his big heart to everyone in his path. We were just a perfect match. And now, all these years later, of course, there can be some of these silly little grumblings. We laugh at it. Uh, and then we sort of see at the aging process as much as... I'm, you know, Mr. Fit, let's face it, even with that, stuff happens to your body. And that's just, you accept it, you embrace it. And sort of, uh, you know, the tight butt that was a bubble butt isn't quite what it used to be. And all these things, you just go with the flow. So, uh, and he became a man of the world because he had not traveled outside of the U.S. And he took to it like water, his love affair with all the big cities, with the world of art. It's the best thing that ever happened. Ola, our final question to you is, uh, you're obviously still a very young 72-year-old man. Where do you want to grow old? And if you don't mind me asking, I actually know you don't because I asked you before, uh, where would you like to be buried? Well, for one, growing old will continue both in Los Angeles and Copenhagen and around the globe because I have the pleasure of traveling for the brand nonstop. I, both Lawrence and myself, want to be cremated. And that sort of makes it very easy because, I mean, you're just put into a little clay pot. Then the question is, what do you do with the ashes? I think I'll make for an amazing fertilizer, uh, a beautiful plant. But uh, that way I'm never forgotten. And where would that plant be? You know what? It could be divided. It could be one in... Copenhagen, uh, in the middle of Kongsnitrow, the Royal Square, since I feel very royal. Uh, and then the other should be on Rodeo Drive, where I like to shop in Beverly Hills, <laughs> in front of Louis Vuitton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds perfect. Well, Ole Henriksen, thank you so much for being a guest on Danish Originals. We really appreciated having you. Thank you, Tina. I just want to say to everyone listening, continued success, happiness, and love to all of you. And thank you, Tina. I love you. I love you too. For today's episode, Ole Henriksen chose P.S. Kreuer's Bædende Drenge in Sommer Aften ved Skagen Strand or Boys Bathing at Skagen Summer Evening from 1899 from the collection of the National Gallery of Denmark. You've been listening to Danish Originals, a podcast series created in partnership with American Friends of the National Gallery of Denmark and the National Gallery of Denmark. This series is sponsored by Studio Haslund. I'm your host, Tina Jung Christensen. This podcast is directed by Christian D. Brun and produced by Theresa Lai and May 11 Projects. Original music by Joachim Smar, executive produced by Christian D. Brun and Tina Jung Christensen. Please subscribe to Danish Originals wherever you get your podcast. Share it with others. Leave a review. 
Find us on danishoriginals.com and follow us on AFSMK's Instagram and Facebook. Last but not least, we invite you to donate to the American Friends of Statens Museum for Kunst and become a patron. We will see you next week.